best is to help us write and make better homilies, um, to give us uh, an opportunity for exegesis of the scriptures, and to uh, allow us to understand possibly some of the changes that might be coming about with the uh, new Roman Missal. Uh, so this is a very ambitious project, and I hope that uh, it will, and I am certain that by the grace of God, uh, it will. Uh, so let us begin. My name is Deacon Bill O'Donnell. I am a uh, permanently ordained Catholic deacon in the Diocese of Grand Island, Nebraska. And we're going to start off with a simple uh, homily this week, uh, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle A. So let us begin with the Gospel of uh, this day. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he replied, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them in another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has laid hidden from the foundation of the world. Then, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the word, world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. 
The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who causes others to sin and all evildoers. They will be thrown into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. My friends, today we find ourselves in the middle of the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. If you like parables, this is the place to be. Last week we heard the parable of the sower. And two of our parables today logically follow last week's parable in that they are connected to the earth, to seed, to fruit, and to harvest. The third speaks of baking and yeast. But what they all have in common is that they describe the kingdom of heaven, which is Matthew's way of saying the kingdom of God. And so these parables do not give us a picture of heaven so much as they are valuable guides and explanations of truths of this life and motivation to help to get us to the next. I have to admit, I know almost nothing about farming. But compared to what I know about baking, I'm an agricultural genius. So, I'm going to limit my comments today to just the first two parables. I find the first parable intriguing in that it speaks to something we can all relate to, the coexistence of good and evil. Anyone and everyone experiences this. Good and evil are intertwined like the strands of a rope in everything created. In nature, sometimes the devastating forces of fire, wind, and water leave behind them destruction. But in their wake, renewal happens. The same is true of humanity. Our politics, our history, our culture, our own hearts are in a constant struggle with both the good and the evil. Why is that? Why is it that bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to people who are, in themselves, not so good? Well, it is important to know and to remember that God does not bring evil on anyone, not even his enemies. He cannot do, nor can he be, in any way, evil. But, but, even though he cannot do evil, he does permit it to exist. For without the temptations we face, without the wrong we sometimes desire, the act of our being or our doing good loses its meaning. It is the presence of evil and adversity that allows us to become what God calls each one of us to be. 
Virtue is empty if it cannot claim a victory. Courage of heart and purity of soul is meaningless if it never has to face fear or the filth of sin and immorality. There are no heroes if none of us ever has to be heroic. There can be no saints without sinners and no martyrs without tyrants. If life were simple and fair and always perfect, what would our purpose be? Now, having said that, I need to say this. There is no good in evil. It is wrong and perverse to think that by intentionally doing evil, one can bring about some great virtue. God does not revel in the horrors of war, the difficulty of disease, the devastation of death and loss, but he will use what he may to affect his creation and sanctify it. He also might not. A hard truth is that not every cloud has a silver lining. But either way, this parable tells us that one cannot extract the weeds without affecting God's plans for the wheat. We cannot cut away every evil and not disturb the good God may do. We are not called to cooperate with the bad, but to change it by sowing good seed. Which brings us to the parable of the mustard seed. Even among the weeds, we are called to create the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Mustard seed faith is the way Jesus challenges us to do so. It is the faith and perseverance in the small little things that affect monumental changes and accomplishments. Think about this. Great works of literature start with the learning of the alphabet by both the author and the reader. Every great symphony is written on the same music scale. Likewise, peace in the world must begin with peace in our homes. The justice of God will transform the great issues of our day, but only when justice and reconciliation and mercy take deep root in our own decision-making, in our own standards of morality and ethics, in our own approach to what is right and what is wrong. Mustard seed faith is not always easy, mainly because we expect and want immediate solutions. We have little patience for the small and simple. But Jesus asks us today to approach life in the faith that small and simple is the way to bring about his kingdom. It is in the smallest acts of goodness, from the most hidden offer of mercy and forgiveness, from the most personal conviction of right in the face of doubt and ridicule, that a mighty tree will take root and an abundant harvest will be realized. The good news is that the kingdom of God is at hand.
But it is also good news that God loves us and trusts us so much that he puts that kingdom in our hands. That is the challenge we are faced with today, to bring that kingdom of God to fruition. Well, there you have it, my friends, the first installment of DeaconCast. I hope you found it of some value. If you would like to take a look at more homiletic resources and a fairly large catalog of homilies, please check out my website at www.deaconpreacher.com. So, until next time, peace be with you.